Welcome to the Not Old Better Show, Art of Living interview series on radio and podcast. I'm Paul Vogelzang, and today's show is brought to you by BetterHelp. Give online therapy a try at betterhelp.com slash N-O-B and Next Evo Naturals, clinically proven absorbing CBD. As part of our Art of Living interview series, we have a really great interview with Lydia Fennett. Lydia Fennett is a global thought leader, a best-selling author who has led auctions for more than 600 organizations raising over $1 billion for nonprofits globally. Thank you so much for listening. We just have a great guest today in Lydia Fennett, who I will introduce in just a moment. But quickly, if you missed any episodes, last week was our 712th episode when I spoke with Smithsonian Associate Neil Thies about his upcoming Smithsonian Associates presentation titled Notes on Complexity, Connection, Consciousness, and Being. Fascinating stuff. Two weeks ago, I spoke with actor, health advocate, and star of the TV show Barry. I spoke with Henry Winkler. Excellent subjects for our Not Old Better Show audience. If you missed those shows along with any others, you can go back and check them out along with my entire back catalog of shows all free for you there on our website, notold-better.com. You can Google Not Old Better and get everything you need about us. Our guest today, Lydia Fennett, is a well-known auctioneer for more than 600 organizations, raising over a billion dollars for nonprofits globally. Lydia takes auctions all over the world as senior vice president at Christie's Auctions, and she serves as an ambassador and also took collectible car activities and the collectible car world by storm as the principal auctioneer for Broad Arrow Auctions. Lydia Fennett's best-selling book, The Most Powerful Woman in the Room, is You, hit bookstores and instantly became a national bestseller, teaching us how to command an audience and sell your way to success. Lydia's second book, Claim Your Confidence, is brand new. And Lydia tells us today that navigating a two-decade career at the world's leading auction house while raising three children wasn't a walk in the park. Lydia had her own journey of self-assurance. Through her stories of overcoming obstacles, big and small, Lydia demonstrates to us today that confidence isn't something that only some people are born with. Rather, it's inside every one of us. We make it stronger by pushing ourselves out of our comfort zone and facing fears head on. You will love this interview with Lydia. Please join me in welcoming to the Not Old Better Show on radio and podcast, thought leader, auctioneer, podcaster, and author, Lydia Fennett. Lydia Fennett, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted to be here. You know, I I really am excited about talking to you too. I'm just equally delighted. I think your book uh, is just got uh, you know, so many wonderful things to to chat about, especially for for my audience. And and I just want to, you know, give you a big hearty congratulations on your book. Claim your confidence, unlock your superpower, and create the life you want. This is going to be a great conversation. What inspired you to write a book like this? Because it it strikes me that there could be some pandemic timing in this. You know, we all kind of lost our faith. You know, so many jobs were lost, financial security, all of that stuff kind of happened. But but tell us what what really uh, drove you and and uh, it was it was it the timing? The timing definitely played a part in it. 
if we back up even a couple of years, I published my first book in April of 2019, which was called The Most Powerful Woman in the Room is You. And an interesting thing that I noticed when I was on book tour for, frankly, the better part of a year was that there was always a question about confidence. And one thing I've learned as a speaker is if you write down the questions that people ask, oftentimes you'll find a theme. And that was something that I saw almost every single time at the end of a speech, at the end of a book signing, there would be someone waiting to talk to me about confidence or imposter syndrome. And as a writer, I feel like writing to the white space is always the most important part of what you're doing because it feel, it feels a need that's clearly there. And as you can imagine, I sort of had this front of mind in early 2020. I'd written at the top of my, what am I going to do in 2020? And then the pandemic hit. And I didn't really feel like doing much of anything. I was homeschooling three children, trying to keep my job. My husband had lost his. So it had become really paramount that everything continued to go well. I was running a team globally. So I was on calls all night, all morning, all day with the kids, trying to get them through school. And what I realized at that point was there was going to be this critical moment where I had to kind of step back from what I was thinking I was going to do in 2020 and be realistic about the world that I was living in at that point. But a really interesting side note was that I started getting a lot of DMs and questions on social media about confidence. You know, I don't have any confidence because I've lost my job or I had a job, but now I'm a teacher and a mom and all of these different things. And it just, it was like a steady drumbeat that over 2020 I saw increasing and I started doing a masterclass during 2020. I launched an Instagram live where I would interview people and I would hear the question all of the time. And so it really spurred me in 2021 to sit down, write a proposal and send it to Simon Schuster. And ultimately it became Claim Your Confidence. Um, so yes, the timing did play a part in it. It was the groundwork was laying before the pandemic, but certainly the pandemic for me, it just became so clear that there was a need for a book about confidence. Well, again, con congrats on, on all of this. You you really you do so much. I'm so impressed with your background and everything that you've you've got going on. You mentioned imposter syndrome, and you have this really great way of kind of talking about that with an acronym. And I wonder if you just tell us briefly about um, facing imposter syndrome and what what that means. Absolutely. You know, I talk in the book about the fact that it was a, a phrase that I heard early in my career about two decades ago, but it's been something that I've heard increasing especially in the past five or six years. And because I'm an auctioneer, everything always comes back to a gavel or a stage for me. Every story I tell always ends up being about an auction. And I came up with a really easy acronym that I think everyone can remember, the sort of four key points to ensuring that you don't end up in that hole every single time. And it's SLAM. So the S is to stop counting yourself out before you've even had the chance to get in the room, which means pretty simply, Stop telling yourself that you don't deserve to be there or telling other people who ask you to join that you shouldn't be there. The L is for listen. Listen to what someone is saying. Don't make up a negative spiral that goes at the end of a sentence. I found this very clearly when I went on my third maternity leave in four years, that when I came back to the office, people would make comments that were generally very kind. You know, it's so great to see you here, or I'm so glad you're back, or it must be nice to be in the office without having you know, three children or four running around. And while I would always smile when they said it, at the same time, there was a negative spin that I would put on it, which was ultimately me believing that I had been gone for too long or taking maternity leave was a negative thing. And so what I say to people now is listen to what someone says. If they say, I'm, ha I'm happy you're back in the office, take it at face value. And if you choose to add something, make it positive. So instead of thinking like, you know, it must be nice to be back in the office. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, because that means I'm not here. I need to be here more. I should work on the weekends. I should work, you know, and letting it turn into that. Instead, think to yourself, yeah, I'm a hell of a multitasker. 
I got all this stuff going on at home. I can do it all at work. Like mm-hmm. you're lucky to have me. Why does it always have to be negative? Um, the A is accept that there are no gold stars in life. Once you're an adult, you know, people don't give you a gold star for showing up for work or doing an extra load of laundry on the weekend. So make sure that you're living the life you want to live and accept the gold stars that you give yourself. Don't seek those externally. And finally, M is for make your point and slam it down. Meaning if you are confident in what you were saying, don't let someone push you out of those words or dissuade you from the notion that you've come up with. So slam, pretty easy. Well, yeah. four letters. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. I really I really like that. So I wonder, you know, as you, you were talking, I was thinking to myself, you know, we, we, we hear the term sometimes cocky. And, and I wonder, as you were doing the research for this book and putting it all together, did you discover the the kind of the fine line between being overconfident, perhaps, and kind of claiming your confidence? You know, it's interesting. And I think as I come at that, you know, from a woman, a woman's perspective, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's a double-edged sword to be confident as a woman, right? Like you seek confidence, but at the same time, it's also something that isn't always seen as a positive thing. And what I say in the book and, and why I named it Claim Your Confidence is that I believe we all have it inside of us. We just have to choose when we're going to claim it and take ownership of who we want to be. And that a lot of that coming with that comes from stop looking around for external approval in what you're doing. And once you stop doing that, ultimately, if someone thinks you're cocky or someone thinks that you're overconfident, that's on them. And you have to do what feels right to you in your life. And as long as you're doing that, then ultimately you're living the life you want and it doesn't really matter what anyone else thinks. Yeah, thank you for that. You interviewed some really successful people and, and you're doing that on your podcast too. And and I enjoyed the episode with Humad Abedin. I, I, I wonder though, what what qualities or traits that you think uh, contribute to a person's confidence? So one interesting thing that I've noticed on the podcast and end in the book, frankly, with the people who are at the pinnacle of their success is that there have been so many issues over the course of their life that have led them to be confident in who they are. So I would say the one commonality I find with people who are truly confident is that they've been knocked down a lot. Mm-hmm. And they know because they've experienced having to get back up and dust themselves off and go forward that that's part of it. You know, I open my second book talking with talking about this moment in the book tour after I'd had like two weeks in New York, which were magic. You know, everything had gone so well. The book was selling well. I'd gone on the Today Show. Christie's had thrown my launch dinner. It just felt amazing. And then I went out to San Francisco and one person showed up at my first book talk, literally one person. And I was asking people in the bookstore to come and they were literally telling me no to my face. Mm -hmm. Um, And I say in the first chapter, the reason I share that story is people think success is all rosy and rose-colored glasses and perfect. And in fact, you have to be willing to put yourself out there. You have to know that there's a chance that one person will show up. And that's what teaches you the lesson about confidence. That's where confidence is born. So on the podcast, when I had someone like Mavadine, I mean, she was talking so frankly about what happened over the course of her marriage with her ex-husband. And so frankly, about the pitfalls of being in the public eye while something like that, something that had nothing to do with her was going down. And I remember, I think I said in the podcast, like, I remember living in the neighborhood and seeing her. I didn't know her at the time and saying to my husband, like, how do they get out of bed and walk outside with their son in the morning? Like, what does it take? And you realize now that she's gone through all of this, that a lot of her confidence came from that experience. Because if you can get through that, 
you can get through anything, truly. And I think that that's what I found amongst the most successful people in the world. They've been through some really difficult times and have come through it and are confident because of that, which is something they've applied to all facets of their life. We will be right back with our guest today, Lydia Finette, author of the wonderful, fantastic new book for everybody, Claim Your Confidence. Please stay tuned. You know, healthcare subjects are all important to us here in the Not All Better Show. We talk about it a lot, but when something important in a world of sleep or stress information occurs, we need to know. And most times we discuss it here too. I do a ton of research in this area of healthcare, sleep, stress, because I want to give you the very latest to help you make decisions and be in the know on these subjects too. Doing your research, and I know you guys all do, before you buy means making better informed choices, especially when it comes to stress or sleep-related products like CBD. A study by an independent lab confirmed some brands contain up to 60% less CBD than they claim on the label. But with our sponsor today, Next Evo Naturals, you can trust that you're getting the very best of the best. As the most clinically studied CBD brand on the market, Next Evo Naturals takes research to the next level. Both Gretchen and I have been taking the Next Evo Sleep Support CBD Complex Gummies with melatonin, and the gentle sleep we get with Next Evo has been amazing. Not groggy in the morning, but we've both slept well, and we wake up feeling refreshed. Gretchen has a tough time falling asleep, and the gummies do the job. For me, too. It's time now for you to upgrade to a CBD brand that takes quality sleep as seriously as you take your overall health. Next Evo tests their product multiple times for clinical trials to ensure you get 100% of what's on the label. No other CBD brand even comes close. Only Next Evo uses Smart Sorb CBD, proven to have 30 times better absorption in the first 30 minutes and four times the overall absorption of other products. Smart Sorb CBD to calm your mind, fast-acting melatonin to get you to sleep fast, and controlled-released melatonin so you can sleep longer and wake up refreshed. Next Evo covers a variety of CBD needs, from stress relief to better sleep, offering you a boost to your daily wellness. Upgrade your CBD. Go to nextevo.com slash NOB to get 20% off your first order of $40 or more. That's 20% off $40 or more at nextevo.com slash NOB. All of this will be in our show notes today, but thanks everybody. Check out nextevo.com.
You know, as I mentioned, today's show is brought to you by BetterHelp. Let's talk quickly about our sponsor, BetterHelp. I'll be 66 next month. I've mentioned this a lot on the show. Happy birthday to me. (laughs) And I've also mentioned that whenever I bring it up, I'm struck by the fact that despite there being a remarkable number of things to complain about in old age, I've noticed a significant lightening of my mood and that I'm happier. It's a lifelong process of learning, but I'm less aloof. I'm more open to people. I'm more open to change even. I don't feel dismissive of others, particularly their feelings. And I am absolutely not mistrustful. This self-awareness has come as a result of my journey, therapy, and friends. That combination is key, I believe. The element of therapy has deepened my understanding of the need for change and growth. It has made me happier. Not jumping up and down on the couch happier, just more content. But the therapy piece has given me perspective as I've talked through things. Because sometimes we don't know what we want or why we react the way we do until we do talk through things. I've truly benefited from therapy. And I'm happy to tell you that therapy has brought strength, perspective, and self-discovery that's led to me being the best version of myself now at almost 66. (laughs) If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. Telehealth is a godsend and the convenience of BetterHelp, their range of therapists, the flexibility, the affordability. It is the option for me and it could work for you too. You start by filling out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, but you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. If you want to live a more empowered, less stressful life, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash NOB today to get 10% off your first month. That's a month of therapy for 10% off. That's betterhelp.com slash NOB. Give online therapy a try at betterhelp.com slash NOB and get on your way to being your best, less stressed self. Thanks, everybody. Our guest today is Lydia Finette. Lydia Finette has authored the new book, Claim Your Confidence, Unlock Your Superpower, and Create the Life You Want. The book, Lydia, is getting great reviews. I found this this nice review from uh, the New York Journal of Books. You can become a badass who meets grit in this powerhouse guide to overcoming your fear and finding the confidence within from Christie's ambassador. Claim your confidence is insightful, inspiring. I really felt like that too. And I I feel like this message of kind of getting back up is one that's going to really resonate with with my audience of of older adults. I, I wonder if you'll talk a little bit about the concept of confidence gaps too, because I found that kind of interesting, especially for, you know, kind of my age group. And I wonder if you'll explain those and and why they hold people back. Because I think a lot of people see confidence as something that you have to have as an ongoing thing when in fact over the course of your life there will be moments where you don't feel confident. And that's okay too. But I think you have to learn how to steel yourself against those. And going back to the first chapter of the book, I talk about the Teflon shield, the idea of keeping positivity in and letting everything else deflect off of the outside of that shield. And I was told that by a woman who came to a book signing years ago. She said, I don't really have a question, but I have a comment. I worked at a call center and I was rejected over 10,000 times. It made me realize 
I now have a Teflon shield against negativity and rejection. Like it just bounces off of me. Hmm. And I kept thinking like, what an amazing way to live your life when yeah. you're, when you're literally going through life, just being like, whatever, come as it may. And, you know, you talked a little bit about the case studies in the book. I have amazing people like mm-hmm. Martha Stewart and Barbara Corcoran, but I asked probably four times as many people as said yes mm-hmm. to be in that first book in those mm-hmm. case studies. And that for me was my own experience of the Teflon Shield because round two in the second book, I found that it was much easier to go back out after those those questions, having learned the lesson that it doesn't always work out the way that you think it's going to. So when we have those confidence gaps, I think two things. First of all, you want to make sure that you're surrounding yourself with people who are supporting you because community is such a huge part of success and we can't be confident all the time. So if your confidence is faltering, make sure you've got that person on speed dial who can boost you back up. I don't know if you listened to my podcast with my best friend, Mary Giuliani, but anytime I'm having a bad day, she's my first call (laughs) Um, because I know she'll be like, what is this attitude you've walked into the day with? Like, get out of it and vice versa. You know, I can hear it in her voice. I'm like, you sound sad and I'm not okay with that. (laughs) So, you know, make sure that you're sort of surrounding yourself with people who are going to boost you up when you can't be there. And if you're surrounding yourself with the opposite, people who tear you down, that's okay. Just make sure you know who they are in your life and don't put them on speed dial on the days that you are already feeling down, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and then the, the second second thing, and I just did an, a webinar before this, and this woman asked me something which I thought was really interesting. She's like, what do you do with the Teflon shield if the negativity is coming from the inside? And I think that that has to do a lot with the confidence gaps as well. So like maybe over the course of your life, you were successful, but then you became less successful. And I know that your podcast is geared towards people who are older and probably Mm -hmm. further along in their lives and their careers. And maybe that they're at a point where they're feeling like, you know, the sand is shifting and they're not sure where they belong anymore. But I'm a big believer in action leads to action. So if you are in a place where you are feeling uncertain, really sit down and think about what you want to do at this point in your life. Like, what does this path look like for you? The world is always going to shift around you. But to be truly confident, you have to believe that you're the architect of your own life and really move those things forward when you're ready. But don't wait around for someone else to do it for you because you'll be waiting around a long time. What does a confident person look like to you? Oh, a confident person. What do they look like? Um, you know, it's somebody who can stride into a room and feel like they're meant to be there, regardless of who else is in there. You know, I mean, I envision a number of people that I know, but ultimately I also believe I'm a very confident person. Mm-hmm. So when you asked me that question, mm-hmm. my first thought was like the moment I walk onto stage, honestly, um, you know, in a big heels, big earrings and a bright pink dress going to raise millions of dollars for a nonprofit. That to me is my most confident self. Um, and I see that in the people who are around me all the time. Like I'm about to go downstairs. I'm in Rockefeller Center right now. I'm about to go downstairs to Newsstand Studios to do my podcast. And there's a woman who's coming in named Elisa Licht, who is a branding expert. I've known her for almost two decades. And she's also someone who I know, and probably the way I will start the podcast is by saying, you are the epitome. You look like a confident person. She has bright red lipstick and bright red hair and is always in like a business boss suit, you know? Um, but I think everybody, everybody comes to the table with their own version of confident. And that comes from within and exudes for other people to see. You had this enormous setback. I, I was so inspired by um, reading about your physical therapy after spinal fusion and the automobile accident. I wonder if you'd just tell that story briefly uh, about that and what, and what you learned about your personal strength. 
Yeah, absolutely. So my family, my three children, my husband and I were in a horrific car accident on Halloween of 2021. There was someone coming in the other lane who lost control of her car and flipped the guardrail basically directly in front of our car. So it was almost like a car was sort of spinning through the air and hit us um, head on. I was knocked out as was my husband and I came to first and all I could hear were my three children screaming my name at the top of their lungs the time they were three, five, and seven. And my husband was still knocked out. I didn't know if he was dead or alive. And I frankly didn't know what was happening to me. I just know that my entire body was numb and I couldn't breathe. And over the next sort of 10, 15 minutes, my husband came to, he was able to get the children out of the car. They all had broken bones of, of different varieties, but I was unable to get out of the car because we later learned I'd fractured my spine I'd broken seven of my ribs and my face had been split open from the impact of the airbag. And when I sat in the car in those sort of, I don't even know, 15, 20 minutes, we waited for the ambulance. Um, I had this realization and I talk about this in the first 11 chapters of the book that these small things that I've done over the course of my life in small bits, you know, getting very uncomfortable and being okay with that and feeling positive and being able to power my own positivity all of these things really came flooding back to me as I sat in the car and I really let my mind go to the place where I was like, am I paralyzed? And I was like, okay, if I'm paralyzed, I'll be okay. You know, am I blind? I might be blind, but I'll be okay. Like I'm strong enough to handle this. Ultimately, they got me out of the car and took me to the hospital. And you probably will remember this passage. There was a picture that I shared on Instagram months afterwards of the five of us all laid across in gurneys. As I said to my mom, it was almost like we were in a morgue, the five of us laid side by side. And my in-laws came and my sister came in from the city. And I remember my mother-in-law who's so strong. My father-in-law, just my mother-in-law like weeping and shaking as she's seeing her only grandchildren and her son and her daughter-in-law in the state. And I saw my children and the fear that they saw and later learned that they had all thought I was dead because they never saw me get out of the car. Mm. And I realized at that moment, like, somebody has to be strong and I'm that person. Like somebody has to be confident that no matter what happens, you'll be okay. And I said that to the children. I was like, listen, that was so scary, but we are fine. We are going to be fine. As long as we are all alive, we are together and we are fine. And I mean, ultimately I didn't even know I was fine because they were about to take me into emergency surgery. They thought they were gonna have to cut out all my organs because they thought I was bleeding out internally. So I was saying this to my children because I knew that they needed to say it. But I also knew that if I lived, no matter what happened, I would be okay. And I would be strong for them no matter what happened. And really, you know, I wrote that last chapter five weeks after the accident. And I finished it actually on deadline. It was due by December of 2021. I turned in at 6 p.m. on December 31st of 2021. And I remember thinking as I turned it in, like, and I, I said, I think in the last, in the epilogue, in the summary, like, I'm not going to just write these words that I am fine. I will show you what this looks like on my path. And that's what it's been like for me for the past year and a half. You know, my husband and I were just in Montana. We skied triple blacks the whole time. <laughs> I have a titanium rod in my spine, you know, the doctor was like, I mean, I don't know, like you'll be able to do what you can do. And I was like, I can do more than you ever thought. And that to me is confidence, you know, to really live the life that we want to live no matter what happens around us. So I hope that it inspires people to believe that they are capable of more than they ever thought, because that's what this past year and a half has been like for me. And it's been an incredible journey and it's made me more confident with everything I do. And, and the accident, was it on 
Halloween because you mentioned the emergency room. One of the nurses had had a Karate Kid costume and Karate your, Kid, yeah. And your daughter <laughs> had a one, yeah. And so you just you have this great sense of humor. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's really a tool. I, I think I said in the book there was a there was a moment of levity when they'd taken me in off the ambulance, and I knew my children were alive and my husband was alive, but they wheeled me into the ER and. When they put me down, the doctors were sort of talking above me, and I could hear them using all these medical terms. I'm the most squeamish person you've ever seen in your life. And then I kind of heard them laugh, but it's almost as if you're not there because I was just sort of on the table. And I, I said to them, I was like, what's so funny? And they were like, like had forgotten that I was there in a way. Hmm. And one of the guys was like, oh, you were wearing a down jacket. We had to cut it off of you. So now the ER is covered in chicken feathers. And I just remember <laughs> that he was the funniest thing I'd ever heard. And you also realize that humor in those moments is so important. And so, you know, then they wheeled me into the room and the first woman who leaned over me, I was like, what is on your head? She's like, Oh, sorry. I'm dressed up as Cobra Kai for Halloween. It was a pediatric nurse. And they'd all come down from the pediatric ward in various costumes. And my daughter was in a cheerleading outfit. My youngest daughter was in a superwoman outfit. And we had taken my sweet middle child son out of his eight foot inflatable dinosaur outfit before we got in the car. <laughs> Otherwise it would have been a whole different story. So yeah, but you do need humor in moments like that. And I say in the book, it's so much about humanity and the shared human experience because that laughter and just that feeling of, of, of being in there with the family and going through all of that really shows you what it's like to be by, surrounded by people who care deeply about you. And it shows you so much about the community you've created over the course of your life, which is an incredible thing to see real time. You touch on, you know, the role of social media. And and I think that social media is this enormous element that that all of us face. And whether we have a healthy relationship with it or not is kind of up to us, just as finding the confidence within. But Give us some advice about how to maintain that relationship with social media, because I think some just get immersed in it and it's hard to kind of climb out of, um, you know, difficult, challenging, painful aspects of, of what we might see there. Yeah. Social media is such an interesting thing. You know, mm-hmm. I try to really use it as a marketing tool more mm-hmm. than anything, mm-hmm. and I don't stay on it for longer than I need to. I don't quote me on that. I think my husband would disagree, but I really try not to scroll, scroll Instagram for hours because it's such a time suck. A friend of mine actually said something that I thought was so interesting. She was like, I think about sometimes when I'm holding my phone, how many books I haven't read, like how many things I haven't done because I've just been staring at this stupid device. She's like, it's such a, it's such a you know, vice in our lives. And so I don't know that I agree to that extent because obviously there's so many amazing things that you get from, from social media, but I do believe that it's so important that we all walk away from it often. And we always remember that every kind of social media, for the most part, is someone's highlight reel. Like even when someone's crying on social media, it's a highlight reel. Like they don't really look that good when they're crying. Come on. Everybody Mm -hmm. knows that. Um, I've had, and I would be interested if anyone listening can nod along, but I've had a couple of instances where people have sent me things that were clearly meant for someone else on social media. And listen, when you decide to live in the public eye and you decide to live a public social media presence, you have to expect that there are people who can't handle what you're doing or don't like what you're doing. That there was something that happened last year that I'll share with everyone. I were actually two years ago, we had gone to Michigan with my entire family and we were in a house that didn't have a television. And there were a number of different things that were happening in the country at the same time. There were wildfires going on in California. There were floods in New York. And there was something else kind of major taking place, I think, on the political landscape. 
And I got a screenshot one morning of a post that I'd done, a totally innocuous post, just to frankly keep my algorithm up the night before. I think it was something about nature, like really had nothing to do with anything. <laughs> Certainly it should not have like gotten anyone's ire. Uh, you know, nobody should be completely irate because of it. And it was a screenshot of the picture and it said something like, do you think she even watches the news? And I, I was like, oh, that's so interesting. And I have two phones, and one of them has all the phone numbers of the people that I know, and the other one doesn't. And I had no idea who it was, but clearly it was someone who knew me, and it was being said to somebody else who knew me. And I just responded. I said, um, actually, we don't have a TV in the house, but I suspect that this wasn't meant for me anyway. And I immediately got this you know, long text, I'm so sorry, between the wildfires in California and this thing that's happening in New York and this other thing that's happening in the police. It was just like this. And I, and I said, I emailed and I said, listen, I don't know who this is. I don't know whose number this is because I don't have your name plugged in. So first and foremost, let's forget that this ever happened. But secondly, I'll also say that you've just listed three things that are completely unrelated. So perhaps it's time that you think about stepping away from the TV. Hmm. And I say that with social media, like if you find yourself in a place where you're like hating somebody or you're hating something, or you're feeling low, just step away, put it down, walk away, because it's not worth your mental health to go to a place where you think that everyone's succeeding in life because it's not 100% real. Well, the podcast, Claim Your Confidence with Lydia Finette is wonderful. I've, I've listened to the Huma Abedin episode. You mentioned Mary Giuliani. Um, Deborah Roberts, the TV mm -hmm. journalist, is, is there amongst your guests. What's coming up? Uh, yeah. for the podcast. In Ooh, I have some good ones yeah, coming up. Yeah. It's so many great people. Um, so one you should definitely listen that just came out last week with Courtney Dalwalter, mm -hmm, who is the mm -hmm, world's leading ultra marathon runner. Yeah, the craziest stories you've ever heard of running for over 200 miles over 50 hours. I mean, you can't even believe it. Yeah. I remember saying, what did you do at the end? And she's like, I had a beer and a plate of nachos. And I think I, my producer spat his drink out across the screen. He's <laughs> laughing so hard. Um, I have Glenn Close coming up next week. Hmm. Um, I mean, just amazing people. I interviewed a woman named Carrie Ellen Phillips, who is half of one of the largest PR firms in the world. They have the global PR agency that's been around for over 25 years. And her real interest is sustainability. So she was telling me all about her, her journey into making the fashion world more sustainable. And I have everyone from Elisa Licht, who's coming on with a book coming on, out called On Brand about personal branding. So my idea was always just to interview people at the top of their career about their confidence journey and hear the good, the bad, and all the ugly. So I think we're getting there, which is really fun. Yeah. We'll put links so that our audience can find out more information about Claim Your Confidence podcast, as well as Lydia Finette's new book, Claim Your Confidence, Unlock Your Superpower, and Create the Life You Want. I know you're so busy. Lydia, thanks so much for joining us today. I just have really one final question. You have this great line that I found, um, and I'm just going to read it real quickly. You say, persist even when you want to give up, drawing on your resilience and past successes, no matter how small they may seem. And again, I think for my audience, um, they're going to have some past successes, but I think never giving up the title of one of your chapters is an important one too. And I wonder if you just give give us a, you know, let us go with a pearl of wisdom from you about the impact that uh, we can have on our confidence by um, being a little bit more mindful of, of our previous successes and just not giving up. You know, I think the beauty of life is age and aging because over the course of your life, you're learning and all of those things can be applied. I think age for so long has been something that people have looked at is, oh God, I'm aging. I don't want to age. But what, what about the history of what you've learned? Mm -hmm. What about what you can give back to others? 
And I think a lot of times, especially as people get older, that they lose confidence as people are doing things that seem new or scary. So my advice is always embrace it, embrace the fear, get to know it. You know, one of the most wonderful examples I've seen of that is my father in his seventies. I mean, the man is on Instagram too much. He's always <laughs> posting reels and the music doesn't really add up. It's like none of it really makes sense. But the man is the earliest adopter to tech you've ever seen in your life. Like he's probably all over, you know, every single AI article that's coming out so we can figure out how to use that next. So my point is these things seem scary because they're new. And I think a lot of people shy away from that. And then your confidence gets into a hole and you just keep digging in there because you don't believe that you can handle it. But you can just... Don't be scared. Action leads to action. Thank you. Thanks for your generous time. Congrats again on the book and and all that you're doing. Of course, the book is Claim Your Confidence, Unlock Your Superpower, and Create the Life You Want, Lydia Finette's been our guest. We're going to put links up so that our audience can find out more. But Lydia, thank you. Have a great rest of your day. And uh, we'd love to have you back as you're writing more on on all of these fantastic subjects that... uh, that you, you've experienced, because I know that our, our audience is going to value your, your advice on confidence as well as everything else. Well, thank you so much, Paul, and thank you to the listeners for tuning in. I really appreciate it. My thanks to Lydia Fennett for her time today. My thanks to BetterHelp. Give online therapy a try at betterhelp.com slash NOB and Next Evo Naturals, clinically proven absorbing CBD. Both of them, Next Evo and BetterHelp, sponsored today's episode please support our sponsors who in turn support the show my thanks always to the smithsonian team for all they do to support the show my thanks to you my wonderful not old better show audience on radio and podcast please be well and be safe let's talk about better the not old better show remember just google not old better for everything you need to know about us thanks everybody and we will see you next week